I've been faced with this a couple times in my life where you're making a really critical decision that could change your life. It's a little bit agonizing. I mean, I definitely lost a lot of sleep over it and trying to make the decision. But I knew just in the end, my my spirit and um, just the things that kind of drive me, I would have been left a little hollow had I not tried. I want to be my current self from this point forward. I want to learn how to play piano. Working with human beings. Drinking wine in the middle of the day. I want to be a Truck driver. I'm going to be the next greatest painter. Just kind of work with kids, getting them ahead in life. I want to be a welder. I want to be a beach bum. I want to be a baseball player. Brewmaster. A winemaker. Professional snuggler. Let me mention those sweet, hot lavender baths and writing in the evening. What's up, everybody? I'm Blake Fletcher, and this is the Half Hour Intern Podcast, where we explore the interesting paths people take in life. If you would like to support episodes like this being made, please check out the Patreon page for the show at patreon.com slash half hour intern. On to today's episode. In the episode, I interview Ryan Bradley, who is a really interesting guy that had a long successful career in the biotech and pharmaceutical industry and was really ingrained in marketing and doing all kinds of cool analytical stuff in that industry. And some things changed in the industry and the company and this job that he kind of always thought was his dream job kind of changed and like suddenly um was no longer his dream job which is something i am very familiar with and uh similar to me as well rather than uh being like oh you know i'll just go work for a competing competing company or do something uh you know similar with my background or whatever it is he went ahead and started a vacation rental company for luxury only homes in big bear california which is like a, a really cool mountain town in uh in california like skiing lakes stuff like that and he's done so well with this business it's incredible. It's only been around for a year and a half. And in a year and a half, he took it from having no homes under his property management company to now having 16 homes. Um, All of his homes are in kind of the the brand of his company while rentals is to be like really high, high quality homes, like only high quality homes. And he does some really interesting things um, for both the, the clients, the people that have the homes, and then the renters, people like you and me, they want to come and stay at these properties. So for one, he has spa quality amenities at all of the houses. Um, he gets actual, like if you were to stay at like a really nice hotel, how they'll have like super nice spa brand, uh, like shampoos and conditioners and soaps and stuff like that. He has that in each one of these homes. Um, he has really nice 20 pound spa quality towels. Every single one of the homes has a hot tub. Um, somehow there's no damage deposit required on the homes. And uh, the homes are just absolutely breathtaking. I highly suggest if you like looking at cool properties to just check out wowrentals.com. I mean, these are truly unbelievable houses. And uh, I, if you're going to be in California and you have, I, I, was going to say, if you have a little bit of extra money to spend, um, or you're doing well for yourself, you should check out these houses. What really blew me away when checking out his website is uh, these houses honestly don't even cost that much either. Like there's this amazing six bedroom house that I'm looking at right now that is in the middle of the forest that has a, a view of the lake. It's got a, uh, movie theater, a hot tub that overlooks the lake. Um, it's, it's one of the nicest homes I've ever seen. And it's like 500 bucks a night or something. It's just totally ridiculous. So 
Anyways, he uh, yeah went from being a marketer in the in the biotech pharmaceutical industry to completely flipping that around, and he now rents out luxury homes for a living. And now he wants to expand this business, and uh, will hopefully be coming to a town near you soon. So we will talk about all of that. Without further ado, here is Vacation Rental Mogul Ryan. Thanks so much for joining me on the show today. Hey, Blake. Thanks for having me. I'm really excited to talk to you. Yeah, absolutely, man. So I would love to, before we get into WOW Rentals and everything that you're doing there, I'd love to talk a little bit about your history and what led up to WOW Rentals because I know you come from a, a much more like corporate background and everything. So if you could please talk about your prior work life to starting WOW Rentals and the decision to start WOW Rentals and how that all went down. Sure. Um, yeah, I could go on a long time about all the different paths I took to get to this point. But to keep it short uh, with my immediate background, I was in the pharmaceutical and biotech industry for roughly about 18 years. And uh, I was in uh, marketing capacities and went through many, many different jobs in marketing roles, a lot of them more analytical. Uh, last one was uh, kind of in commercial development, which is really uh, mergers and acquisition side of commercial of the commercial marketing group. And I uh, loved the job. It was dream job I wanted coming out of business school. It took me 10 years to get there after business school, but eventually got there and just absolutely loved the role, loved the experiences, loved the challenges. Uh, but, you know, things change all the time. And, uh, you know, sequence of events, new CEO comes in, they just start changing the dynamics of the company. They uh, change kind of how, uh, you know, how, positions reported into other positions. And it just ended up not uh, being the, you know, in the end, an opportunity for me to make some dramatic changes. And uh, I took an opportunity that the company had to, um, you know, they, they were offering people who had been there a long time, some severance packages to leave the company. And I took one of those uh, severance packages with the idea that I'd go out and start something on my own. Got this entrepreneurial spirit. And it's been something that's always uh, been a part of me and uh, being mid-career and having a dream job, it was a really tough decision to make the change, but uh, decided to go ahead and try this now. And uh, I always knew I'd be able to recuperate if it didn't work. So how did you decide on starting a like luxury rental company? Like, Why not something else? Yeah, no, good question. Um, uh, my wife and I were very fortunate and very uh, you know, in our careers at Amgen, she also worked at uh, Amgen, uh, that we were able to afford to invest in a property uh, in a mountain community up in Big Bear Lake. And uh, we rented it out ourselves. I first started doing it myself, and then it was a lot of work. So I turned it over to a property management company and got to see over a five-year period how they operated and some of the things they did right and did things wrong. And uh, in the end, I always just thought it would be an interesting transition or interesting kind of path to do, you know, property management in vacation communities. So it was kind of the plan when I was thinking about, hey, there's an opportunity to leave this corporate environment and do something on my own. I, I just thought it would be an intriguing business and a, a, a business that would be enjoyable and fun. You're kind of in this vacation, you know, travel destinations. I thought it'd be just something interesting to pursue. So so yeah, that was kind of how, and it, it was a really tough decision to make, but, uh, you know, I had told my wife at the time, it was a community decision between my wife and I, and, uh, 
said that, hey, let's give this a try for a year and we'll just see how it goes. And I put a I put a whole analysis just like I did in my role at Amgen. <laughs> doing a, a full, you know, forecast and financial analysis on it all. And you, uh, you go over this whole like PowerPoint presentation for your wife. <laughs> right. I, yeah, no, my wife's very, very smart and very analytical too. And I kind of joke that sometimes it's harder to I have to put a full presentation together and give her a presentation just like I would in the board of directors at Amgen when we were presenting some deals. It's kind of, but it's it's good. It's a good. She really challenges me and really tests me uh, tests me out on my ideas. And uh, so, put this preliminary forecast together, and we said, yeah, let's give it a try for a year. I won't hire any employees for a whole year. We'll just go with this and see what we can make out of it. And. After a year, we ended up uh, doing a lot better than we thought we would. We were almost twice as many homes as we thought we would get, and I needed to hire some people really quickly. So we, after that year, we quickly decided to, hey, let's go all in now, and uh, let's uh, put some more money behind this and hire some people. That's awesome. So I find it kind of funny how you said uh, that it was a, a very difficult decision to leave behind corporate America to to do this, to 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 go after this uh, once you had gotten that severance package. Because I I I have probably mentioned this on the show before, but like when I was uh, when I left my corporate job and started this podcast, I was really, really, really scared to make that decision. And there were all these fears floating around my head like I'll never be able to get another regular job. Like if the podcast doesn't work out, I'll never be able to get another regular job again. And and like, where am I going to be a year from now if the podcast doesn't work out? And like, this is like the start of the end for me if the podcast doesn't work out. And then once I quit, like a week later, I'm just like, oh yeah, like I'll totally be able to, it, it's all good. You know, like I'll totally be able to get another job again if if this doesn't work out. Do, when you were saying that it was a very difficult decision for you to to do this, was that like, I guess, the difficult part of it? Is you thinking like, where does this leave me in my career if I take a year off to do this thing? Yeah, yeah, Blake, that's, uh, that's probably a big part of it. Uh, gosh, when you just assess where you're at and you have so many good things going for you, you know, I've got a, I had a fantastic job that paid really good money. And I had, there was probably a lot of people that would love to be in my shoes at that point in time, you know, and, uh, you're thinking about walking away from it. And, you know, I've got kids and a family and everything else. And you're thinking, gosh, how do I, how do I make this work and keep our lifestyle kind of the same? So there's a lot of things that go into it. Uh, I've had, I've been faced with this a couple times in my life where you're making a really critical decision that could change your life. And it's, it's, a, it's a little bit agonizing. I mean, I definitely, um, lost a lot of sleep over it and trying to make the decision, wrung my hands many times trying to make the decision, but I knew just in the end, my, my spirit and, um, just the things that kind of drive me, I would have been left a little hollow had I not tried. Yeah, for and, sure. Uh, I have to at least try it. And I think, you know, I've seen in the past too, I've, I've done this in the past too, where I made a really big decision to make a change and saw that, hey, it didn't work that time. And I was able to recover and recover even more successfully than I thought I would. So, um, you know, I was younger back then the first time I tried it. Um, but, uh, you know, I think, you know, s- smart people, um, e- you know, people who are, you know, have a lot of ambition 
they're they're going to be able to recover and they're going to be able to find opportunities to be successful again if you were successful in the past. Absolutely. So let's talk about the opportunity that you saw when you did decide to uh, take the severance package and start Wild Rentals because I feel like most people that they would look at renting homes and they would be like, oh, well, Airbnb's already got that on lockdown. People that don't use Airbnb use VRBO. So there's basically no room for someone like me to try to do something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, like what sort of opportunity, I guess, did you see for yourself? Like how, what was going through your head? Because you're very smart and you have a, a very strong business background that you're like, I think there is an opportunity for me right there. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a couple, I think there's a lot of, Property, vacation property managers out there across the nation. A lot of them are kind of mom and pop shops that have been in business for 10, 20 years. But there is a different model that you can take, which is, hey, we're going to not just be local, we're going to be something bigger than that. And that's kind of, and there's a few companies that have started that, and a few companies are doing really well. Now, VRBO and Airbnb, they're huge, massive companies with great value, you know, huge valuations on them. Uh, but they're kind of a, they're actually really a partner to me. They're a channel partner. They provide opportunity for me to market my homes. Totally. Not really a, not really a competitor at all, but they're people that allow me to do my business how I'd like to do it. Right. You actually have the service aspect when you rent yeah. out people's houses. Yeah. They're kind of a, you know, classified online classified distributor of content and homes. And, you know, they, the different models they have of taking fees or taking subscriptions. And then I, I work with them to get my homes on their huge databases so that we can advertise to our customers. But but really the you know the whole market of vacation property managers is really evolving and changing. So there's a couple uh, you know large companies that not, not, well they're growing companies that have taken this model on that I'm kind of taking on, which is hey let's let's offer something to guests across different cities and across different uh vacation locations yeah for sure. for sure how did you lock down the first houses that you rented out did you just go to your neighbors in big bear and knock on their doors or, or how did that all go down yeah you know you know fundamentally you know i kind of limped into this for the first year to try it out to say hey what's the opportunities here how hard or difficult is this going to be you know we started with the first home that we had and uh, then I went to neighbors. That's exactly what I did is I went to some of the neighbors we knew up in Big Bear that had nice homes that fit the model that we were looking for. And just, you know, I just asked them to help me out. And, uh, of course, I had to present them with uh, something that they saw as an opportunity for them. So I did a lot of heavy discounting on commissions and fees and things like that to get the first few homes on board. But, uh, you know, that was critical is trying to get a few more homes to sign up with me even though I had no experience. And, uh, you know, now those people a year and a year and a half later are my advocates and, uh, they're telling people, I, I use them as references and say, Hey, talk to this person that was with the same company you were with before they came over and talk to them about how much more they earned with me versus where they were at previously. So let's talk about that. Um, like, how are you earning these people more money? How do you market yourself? Like, once you got these homes to be able to rent, what did you do exactly? Yeah, it's, um, you know, having that marketing background, I think, has been a huge advantage. Uh, all those skills you learn in, a, in the MBA program I was in or learned in corporate America, you know, how do you market things? How do you price product? How do you reach your customers? You know, all that. You know, the right person at the the right message to the right person 
with the right timing is really what it's all about. And I think it was a huge advantage I had being from a really rigorous corporate environment that that everyone I worked with really understood those key uh, marketing components. And I feel like, you know, some of the competitors in the environments I'm targeting, they're mom and pop shops that don't have that kind of rigor and understanding of marketing. And I think it's just a huge advantage we've had. And so, I, you know, man, I'm doing the things I was doing in Amgen and some of the roles I had in Amgen, which is really looking at our pricing strategies, figuring out how do we get how do we get the most profit for the highest price, you know, or how do we fluctuate price to make the most money for our customers and for ourselves? That's a big component that I find people miss a lot. Uh, other companies miss a lot. And other what, you mean are, fluctuating the price more based on uh, like time of year and this and that? Yeah, um, yeah, that's part of it. That's part of it, and uh, it's not. I think a lot of a lot of companies underprice some of the some of their homes, and they and it depends on the model. There's a lot of different models for property managers. Some are very heavy fee based, so every guest they get in, they charge fees to them instead of commissions to the owners. And then there's the commission-based side where hey, you're you're trying to get the highest prices possible so that you can make a higher commission. And uh, you know, one of the models we took on is really this commission base, and really that leans itself more towards rent it less often but at a higher price. Because most of the owners that we deal with, they have, you know, we really specialize in sensational vacation estates or really high-end homes. And most of these owners would prefer not to rent their houses out very much. So you know, try to get them the highest price for the least amount of time is really what we're after. Yeah. And it's funny, just so much of that is, um, which obviously you brought with you from your, your fortune 500 background is, is just these little things. Like if you go on your website, um, and you know, uh, like every single home has a hot tub, you have these like beautiful, big, nice bath towels, you have actual, um, like shampoo, conditioner, soaps, all this stuff at every single house from a particular spa and stuff like that that makes you feel like you're at like a high-end resort or something that, that's not typical of renting a home. And the thing is, like, each one of those things does not cost very... I mean, obviously, a hot tub will cost a lot of money if the home didn't already have it, but those things don't cost a lot of extra money, but it it's a huge differentiator in terms of uh, of being able to to call all of your homes like upscale homes and then being able to commit, have this premium brand now where you can command more money yeah that's uh, really important to our brand trying to you know we're really focused on these sensational vacation estates so yeah having the amenities having the approach with guests that make them feel they're staying at a luxury property is really important and uh you know, it really depends what your brand it is. Uh, there's a lot of companies up in our market that, you know, they deal with smaller homes and they definitely don't spend the kind of additional resources we do on trying to make, you know, luxury towels and luxury amenities, et cetera. But, uh, you know, also also to that, though, and the, the marketing side of it is you have to target the appropriate customer, which, you know, we're really targeting people that can afford or are interested in those luxury homes. So there's an added expense there in really defining who we're targeting and who we're marketing to. But all of it, to me, is important because it just leads to what your brand is and how it defines itself. How do you target those people? Um, I mean, there's a lot of ways. Um, You know, we do a lot of direct marketing. We've got, uh, 
you know, email marketing. We've got lists of people that we know are, you know, high net worth individuals that travel to mountain destinations. Um, and th those things sometimes are, I think for some people might be hard to come across. So it's figuring out clever ways without giving out all my trade secrets, but <laughs> figuring out clever ways to come up with those targets. Yeah. You know, yeah. I think, and that's, uh, that's key is, I mean, it's the right, the right message to the right person at the right time. And, and that's really what it's all about. Absolutely. Um, so as I just mentioned, one of the key amenities, which I am so on board with Ryan, I, uh, I love sitting in a hot tub more than probably anyone on the face of the planet. Like there's nothing I care more about than sitting in a hot tub and you have hot tubs in every single one of your houses. So how do you keep up a standard like that? And like, what happens if a house comes to you and they're like, hey, we want you to rent out our house and they have this beautiful estate, but they do not have a hot tub. Um, or what happens, like, let's now take that further than hot tubs or, and, you know, somebody comes to you and it's just, just in general, their home isn't quite up to the standard that you have set. How do those conversations go? Um, but yeah, let's start out with the hot tub piece and then, you know, on to other things about the house. Yeah, no, it's a, that's a great question, Blake. Um, yeah, we have one of the challenges I think we have right now is we have a lot of our names getting out there and we have a lot of owners coming to us with their homes and wanting to put it in our programs. And we do have a certain standard and we are enforcing that more and more. We're having to say, unfortunately, we're having to say no to a lot of people. And that's that's good and bad. Um, I got to follow up on that later where we're actually starting a second brand here to kind of work with other homes that are on these luxury lines because mm, there's an opportunity too. But with these homes that are really considered luxury, we've had many instances where we go to these fabulous houses and they don't have a hot tub or they're decorated very poorly. And it's a, it's a, you know, we're just very upfront with them. We say, Hey, if you want to get into our program, here's some things we recommend. And uh, we'll list out for them, you know, hot tubs mandatory in our program. And here's the, and we help them out by showing them what the expense could be, how much, you know, what it's going to take from their side and we offer get if they have a nice home that we think will do really well in our program, we we try to help them out too by financing it for them. So, uh, and the, you know, there's a lot of advantages to that with our program, and that they can finance it through us. It won't cost them anything up front, and we'll just deduct that money from future earnings that they earn with us. Oh wow, that's awesome! So it's a win-win. So any any time that we can get an owner to invest in their property to make it, you know more more appealing to our guests it's a win for us too so if if we can finance our guests i mean our owners we finance our owners in those upgrades you know that's definitely a win and we're happy to do that and, and there's a lot of benefits to the owner in that too you know some tax implications and other things that can really help them out wow god ryan what a great idea no no it, i appreciate that but uh you know, it's there's a some of these luxury companies are doing that. I can't say that was really our own idea, but just kind of taking it from you know other companies that I think we've seen are doing really well, and I think it's something we're happy to offer our owners. And now, why and how was the hot tub the mandatory? Like I like I just said, I like hot tubs more than anyone in the world. I'm thinking maybe 
I over I misspoke, and it's you that like hot tub, likes hot tubs more than anyone in the world. Because I, I, I it's so funny that that rather than something on your website like every home has a California king bed or every home has hardwood floors or you know something that's for like the home, it's like every home has a hot tub. Like that's such a funny thing to be the thing that every one of them has. Like how did you at what why exactly? Yeah, it is one of the many things guests look for. I mean, you know, every guest is different, but one of the things we've learned is that having a hot tub is a key differentiator for a property. You know, like yourself, if you if you were looking for a home, any vacation home in the mountains uh, on VRBO, HomeAway, Airbnb, there's all these filters on there that you would probably select. Oh, hey, I like hot tubs, so I I'm only only going to filter on homes that have a hot tub. Um, yeah, absolutely. And so we we've we've seen that homes that don't have hot tubs, they don't get as many inquiries, they don't get as many bookings as homes that have hot tubs. And I think our set of guests and our set of customers really, you know, most of them really require that in in the homes that they're looking for. There's all these extra uh, amenities that you provide to guests that are staying in your house. What sort of extra benefits do you provide to the homeowners that choose to use you to rent out their homes? Yeah, um, I, I touched on that a little bit. I mean, really, we're really trying to to reach this goal of being a full service property management company for owners. We, um, we, you know, when I was an owner up there and dealing with another property manager, there was always something that I had to do or follow up on or get involved in that just, you know, I always thought, Hey, I shouldn't have to do these things. You know, I shouldn't have to go stake my driveway for the snow snow markers when it's snow season. I shouldn't have to, um, you know, check on the, all the damage and property and do things and get contractors out when a toilet breaks. And so we really want our owners to relax and say, Hey, you can own this really beautiful home here in big bear Lake and you can have it pay for itself. And we don't want you to worry about it. We want to take care of everything for you. So that's the big thing we offer owners is you want, you know, worry free, you've got this beautiful home, we're going to take care of it, of it for you. And that means a lot of communication, a lot of coordination of, you know, any, any damage or any things that we need to improve. And, um, you know, financing upgrades is part of it. We try to help, we, we make recommendations to owners as far as upgrades and, uh, we'll, we're happy to help finance that. And, uh, you know, we do being a full service property manager also means, you know, we collect taxes for the owners. So, the owners have to pay taxes for the city, and so we'll, you know, we collect the fees from the guests, and we save that portion of it that's due for taxes, and then we'll pay the taxes for them on their behalf every year. Nice. And uh, I mean, it's just it's endless. I mean, there's a lot of things we'll do anything for our owners. You know, our owners. It's almost this is almost like an Uber model for luxury homes, and the owners are really what makes this business happen. And we really need to show the owners that we're going to take care of your house. You're going to make some money on this house that might pay for it fully. Or even in, in most cases, they make enough money that there's, you know, extra income beyond what they owe on mortgage and utilities. And, um, and then, you know, we also just have to show them that we're going to run interference for them on any problems or any issues that come up. Yeah. Which God it's just got to be huge. Um, yeah, it, it can be, you know, problems with guests, problem guests, uh, situations that happen in houses where there might be some damage. Um, 
I don't, it might just be us. I don't know, but we, those problems are honestly pretty infrequent. Uh, and I think part of that goes to what we've promised our owners, which is really screening our guests and making sure we get good guests in our properties. Yeah, absolutely. So that's a huge, so yeah, there's been a few problems here and there, but uh, those are all things we help the guests, the owners out with too. And I think it all starts with trying to find good guests so that they take care of the property and they respect the property when they're there. So what sort of fees are you able to charge for this to keep people's homes rented for them? Yeah. Um, yeah. I mentioned a little bit that we were um, kind of a commission based organization and, you know, commissions will vary across the country depending on what city you're in. Um, you know, up in Big Bear Lake, we charge pretty much the standard commission that everyone else does. And we're trying to differentiate ourselves on the quality of what we're offering. So in general, you know, the commissions are between 30 and 40 percent. And uh, we're kind of right there in the middle. We wanted to place ourselves in the middle. And, uh, you know, like I said, early on when we were first starting to get our few homes, we had to discount those commissions to attract people to give us a try. We're kind of past that stage now. So, um, you know, between 30 and 40% is where we've landed. And, uh, you know, some companies take on this fee model, but it's got some things that uh, I think are not really favorable to the, to the owner. You know, if you're on a fee model and you want to get as many guests in there as possible so you can charge as many fees as possible, that but that means more wear and tear and more problems for the owner's house. Yeah, for sure. And it almost puts you, yeah, like against the owner rather than on the same team. Yeah. yeah. And in the commission basis, you know, if, 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 if we win, the owner wins. So the, the better we do on their house, the better the owner does. And I think it just works well in that regard. Yeah, for sure. So Ryan, let's go ahead and start to wind this thing down. How would you say that your life is different now from where you were at, let's say like three or four years ago when you were working a more corporate sort of job? Boy, there's lots of ways. Um, I'd say probably the biggest difference is that uh, I manage my own time now. Uh, You know, in corporate America, I, I always worked hard. I was always one of these guys that worked endless hours. But uh, in corporate America, you know, there's a set time I had to be at meetings in the morning and, you know, times I had to travel long distances to go to meetings and things like that. So now, you know, I can decide at uh, 1230 in the afternoon that I'm going to go pick up my kids from school and take them to get ice cream or something if I want. Uh, so really just managing my own time. I, you know, I'm a lot more involved with my kids' life. I'm coaching their soccer teams, uh, um, just a lot more active with uh, my family. So that's been a huge plus and a huge win for everybody in my life. That's so great. Yeah. And then um, I think other aspects is just, uh, you know, feeling like I'm really, you know, I I manage people, I hired people in my corporate life, but now it's just, it's on a little bit different level. It's like, I feel like these people I'm hiring are really looking out for my best interest as a business too. So it's created this new experience for me with employees where, you know, we're really trying to help each other out on a different level. And that's, that's been a very rewarding part of it for me. Yeah, definitely. That's really cool. So Ryan, let's finish this thing up with uh, any advice that you would like to give people that were looking to start their own business of any kind. Yeah. Um, I think, I think primarily it's just, uh, you know, give it a try, just, just try it. Um, but in that regard, you know, try to have a plan first and try to have a timeline. So, you know, do some due diligence, 
if you've got this idea that's bothering you and you think it would be something that could be a good business, definitely do some due diligence. But at some point, you got to give it a try and put a timeline out there like, hey, for the next year or the next two years, we're going to try this. And then we'll assess where we're at and see if we can either move forward with it or, you know, go back to what we're doing or make another change. I think and I think the other thing for me, which is just kind of a life mantra, which I think helps anyone as an entrepreneur, which is just be positive. And, uh, you know, if, if if you're ever doing something that is not enjoyable, then make a change, you know, and it's true with, you know, your your corporate career or your entrepreneurial career, I think, or anything really you're doing in life is if it's not enjoyable, then make a change. Man, love it. Great advice. Ryan, thank you so much for coming on the show, man. It's so interesting. Thank you. Yeah, Blake, I really appreciate it. Hey, everyone, it's Blake. I hope you all enjoyed the episode. If you did, I would appreciate it so much if you told a friend about it to help spread the word about the show. And if you've been listening to the show for a little while and been enjoying yourself, I would really appreciate it if you left a review on iTunes. That's a way that a lot of people learn about new podcasts. And the more reviews and the better reviews that a podcast gets, the more people that that podcast ends up in front of. So that would be a really awesome way to help the show. And if you're sitting there and thinking to yourself, yeah, that's all fine and good, Blake, but uh, what are you going to do to help me out? Well, how about being a guest on Half Hour Intern? That is right. You could totally be a guest on this show. So if you have been sitting there listening to this show and thinking to yourself, you know what? I do this totally awesome thing for a living. Or you know what? I have this awesome hobby that I'm really, really passionate about and I would love to tell people about it. Go to halfhourintern.com and click on the Submit Your Ideas link at the top of the page. And through there, there will be forms that you can fill out to get in touch with me about the possibility of coming on the show and being a guest yourself on the Half Hour Intern Podcast. Thank you guys so much for listening.